back. Hey, Brett, how's it going this week? Good, Ange. How are you? Good. Well, that means it's another episode of Money in the Bank, the personal finance podcast where we talk about all things related to personal finance and, and more, whatever we come up with. So last week we talked about kind of the car buying process, getting a loan, how much you should spend on it. And this week I wanted to do a compare and contrast of different cars and how expensive they are over the lifetime of the vehicle. But before that, I wanted to get your trivia question in. Oh yeah, this is really important. We should should always do this first. Yeah, of course. How many miles does the average American drive per year? Uh, Mine's always been kind of low, even when I was like in college and stuff and driving back and forth to campus. Um, so I think probably around 8,000, 10,000 miles a year. I think I was always like five to 10. 15,000 miles 15, all right. You guys are really on the road a lot. Yeah, road warriors up in here. Um, yeah, so that's, that's a lot. We have a 12-year-old car that has less than 120,000 miles on it. So even in our, like, extreme years, it's been... 10,000 on average. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say, like, we were like, oh, yeah, that's kind of... We had some years that were kind of high. Um, well, yeah, I mean, we drove back and I've driven all over the country now with this car, too, so that really inflates the averages. Yeah, that's true. You've gone out to the East Coast with it with friends, like, Sever- several, several times. times yeah. um, well, we've gone to, like, northeastern Wisconsin, like, several times as well. It's about a nine-hour trip. Yeah. Multiple times a year. So. Yep. So... Yeah, you know, definitely it's been all over the place. And, and then it, you know, drove to drove to Florida as well. So right. it's, it's been a lot of places. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, when you factor all of that in, what's crazy to me, though, is we have, like, we're down to one car. And when we had my car, I did not put very many miles on it. Most of them went on the Civic because it got better gas mileage. Mm-hmm. So I was putting maybe, like, four or 5,000 miles on my car a year. And then we were putting, like, you know, 10,000 on yours. But what's crazy to me is... 15,000 is per car, not per household. So it's like most people are doing that each. So it's like 30,000 between two cars a year, which just feels like a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, it's a lot of soccer practice, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, I wanted to kind of dive in because I think, you know, we talked last week about different cars, you know, what, how you should set the purchase price of a car. But ultimately, like, I know people are still going to not follow my advice and buy super cheap cars all the time because, you know, I'm, I'm a realist. I know what's really going on out there. So I wanted to go, okay, people are going to buy a brand new car anyways. Here's how much that car is going to cost you over the life of the car. Now, you might say, what is the life of the car? I am assuming that your car will last for 200,000 miles. And I'm building in some maintenance on it. But I think most cars in this day and age will make it to 200,000 miles if you put in maintenance. Right. And yeah, everything is an average here because every personal story is going to be different, right? Like everybody's had a different experience here, but so we're primarily going off of average numbers for all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going off of average numbers. So when I selected cars and I have um, eight cars that I selected, I, when I picked the purchase price, I picked kind of like the second from the bottom. So not the base model because most people... Here's my experience in buying cars, because I've bought a new car once myself, and then I helped a friend buy a new car once, and then I've also helped people buy used cars. But for this example, I'm just looking at new cars because I couldn't introduce too many variables, right? Like, it was just <laughs> getting a little crazy. So just new cars, and th- but assuming that you're going to buy a new car and drive it until it dies. So it's still a pretty cheap way to get around. 
Um, and so for the purchase price, I picked, like, the second from the bottom because it's actually really hard. Like, if you Google a car and it says, like, oh, yeah, starts at this number, I have yet to, like, see that number on a dealership lot. Like, it is always more expensive. Right. They give you the, the, it's the bottom of the barrel price for that vehicle, but it doesn't have power windows or, right? <laughs> but um, they don't even make them, right? Like, that's, like, the harder thing is, like, oh, you'd have true. to, like, yeah. special order it. And then there's, like, all of a sudden a delivery fee, and it just, like, inflates it anyways. Yeah. So, like, so anyways, it's I tried to pick marketing. a reasonable car. Um, and I say that with the caveat of, and I agonized over this because I also put, like, a Ford F-150 on here. And the the second from the bottom of the barrel um, so for most of these, like the, there were like five types, right? And I picked the second one up. Um, and then for second the second one from the bottom. Second one from the bottom, yeah. Okay. And then for the Ford F one fifty, there were like thirty. And so I was <laughs> like, if I pick the second one from the bottom, like that doesn't feel very genuine to me. And it like this one didn't even have four wheel drive, which um, I guess we're coming from the north where people don't buy trucks without four wheel right. drive. I, I've never known, and we have a, I mean, a lot of people hunt, like everybody I know probably hunts. And I don't know any of those guys that have trucks that don't have four wheel drive. So yeah, uh, I don't know if you are that person, let us know. But yeah, so we're going to go with the, the, the normal situation of if you have a Ford F-150, you got it with four wheel drive. Yeah. So I, I just wanted to put that caveat on because I don't want people coming for me and saying I artificially inflated anything. So um, anyways, I'm just going to run down, I guess, first, and I'm going to talk about the cars that I picked and the purchase price I set just in case everyone anyone is curious and then I'm going to talk about the different categories that I baked in and then we're going to go ahead and talk about like the per mile cost and then we're going to get to total cost and then we're going to see like how much do you save over a period of time if you choose to drive a cheaper car and mm-hmm. just see what happens um, so I'm excited for this one We've been talking about this episode for a long time, so this is, like, very exciting that it's coming to fruition. It's a a nice contest, right? All right, so the first car is our tried-and-true Honda Civic. (laughs) Um, So I put a purchase price of $21,000 here. I don't remember what you paid for the car. Does that seem about right in the right um, ballpark? Mine was like 26000 I think, because oh, it had the satellite better. radio and the moonroof. Like yeah. my, Mine was the top end of the car, yeah. other than it didn't have the racing seats and like the bigger sound system. But it does have a touchscreen, too, which for a 2007, like, it's, oh, pretty, yeah. it's yeah. pretty tricked out. Yeah. So. Um, so we spent a little bit more than that, but 21000 is what I picked. Um, Toyota Prius. I put on here for 25000 Now, I know this is another one that had a pretty big spread, so mm-hmm. keep that in mind. Tesla Model S, uh, $94,000. Now, I put this on because um, a lot of people are like, well, isn't buying a Tesla, like, cheaper in the long run? So I was like, we'll see. Um, so the, the Model S was the first Tesla that yes. they came out with, right? Yeah. Yep, and now I also put the Tesla Model 3 on here to compare the two. Right. And the Tesla Model 3 is the more economical of the vehicles yep. by a wide margin. Yeah, so this one's about 50000 <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then I put the Toyota RAV4 on here for a purchase price of 27000 Okay, so we got an SUV in here now. Yeah, like a, a mid-size SUV, yep. right? So mm-hmm. I wanted to do, like, sedans, and then I wanted to move into, like, the model, the Teslas I consider my, like, luxury vehicles. Because if you are my, I didn't put any, like, Jaguars or Lamborghinis on here because, hello, uh, <laughs> money in the bank. But also because, like, their, their maintenance costs are a lot higher, and, like, it just gets ridiculous. So if you're buying a luxury vehicle... Our recommendation will be for a Tesla. Um, <laughs> not sponsored. God, I wish it was. Like, Elon just gives me a Tesla. Um, okay, so moving on. Got the got the crossover on here. Now we're moving into, you know, you have 100 kids, so you need a Suburban, because that's what my mom drove when I was a kid. So put the Suburban on here for $56,000. 
Um, and then the Ford F-150, because my God, I see so many trucks everywhere we go. So I had to put one on here mm-hmm. um, for $58,000. And then I put a Dodge Caravan on here because it's <laughs> Brett's favorite car. <laughs> Always stuck behind a Dodge Caravan on the highway. Always. So. They still make them. I didn't even know they still made them, but they yeah. do. And you, it could be yours for the low, low price of $33,000. Oh, that's why we see them everywhere then. They're not as expensive as I thought for such a larger vehicle. Right? Because if you have the family of four that you're trying to haul, instead of buying a Suburban, for you can six. buy the minivan for yeah. like almost half the price, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and according to Mr. Money Mustache, the the minivan is actually the best vehicle to haul lumber and everything. And he's like a carpenter who has built, I believe, like a handful of houses and remodeled several other ones. So like... I think he knows what he's talking about, but that fascinates me because most people need to buy a truck for that. And again, spending almost twice the price. Mm -hmm. So apparently Dodge Caravan is where it's at. So we'll see. All right. So those are all the ones in the running. Um, Again, I didn't get everything on here. There's other cars I would have liked to, but for the sake of time, I had to narrow it somewhat. So from that, I calculated a purchase price per mile. Basically just take the purchase price, divide by 200,000 miles. That's pretty cut and dry. Then the next category is gas. Um, Now, I assumed gas was $2.50 per gallon, just to kind of get a nice round number in there. It is going up, it seems to be. So the national average right now is $2.90. So this could be more or less expensive for you, but I just needed a placeholder in here to compare the cars. Um, And then you might ask, well, how did you determine miles per gallon? I looked up the city and highway average averages and I weighted them. So assuming that you spend half your time city, half your time highway. And I will say like some of these cars, I still think their MPGs was generous. Like (laughs) because I actually drove a Ford Escape, which is very comparable to a RAV4. And like, I remember when I bought my car, it was rated to get like 33 MPGs highway and like 20 city. And I was like, never over 25 in aggregate, even though I did a lot of highway driving. Okay, so your average there would come out much much farther ahead than 25, right? Right, right. So like to, be that, ge- to be generous. Right. So mm-hmm. so I'm saying I'm being pretty generous here. Um, so then the next category is registration and insurance. Now here, I actually just added 10 cents to all of the cars across the board per mile. And the reason I did this is because there's only two states that vary registration by MSRP or age and weight, and it is Michigan and Colorado. So at this moment, Michigan and Colorado are my two favorite states <laughs> because it makes sense to do it, right? right. Like mm-hmm. Bermuda is all about this because it's an island and they don't have a lot of room. So like literally for every like inch you add on to your car, you pay like an extra $100 a year to register it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's important. Big, heavy cars do do more damage. Um But anyway, since only two states are doing that, I just did a flat rate here. And insurance costs are hard, too, because, um, like, safer vehicles are technically less expensive to insure. Um, So I didn't want to go through all of that, like, black boxy stuff. And I just said... And every state's insurance is way different. Yeah. Yeah, so it's crazy to try and map that across the entire country and across all these vehicles. So we had to take, uh, you know, this is the 
fudgiest number of the bunch, but we know that somebody's paying, you're, you're always paying for insurance on your vehicle. That's a standard across the board. Right. Uh, unless you're illegal, I guess. But, um, but so we just took like a flat line of there's, there's going to be just this across the board for everybody's insurance. And if your state is way more expensive for insurance, Michigan and Florida, I'm looking at you, you jerks. Um, <laughs> then you, you're going to pay, your number is going to be a little bit higher than what ours shakes out to here. But Exactly. But I just had to, I had to start somewhere. And I, again, I try to be as fair as possible just to compare across vehicles, not necessarily get these costs perfect. So then the last category that I have is maintenance and repairs. So this I lifted, I found this really cool website where they actually had per cost for each like 150,000 miles for all these different brands. So I just kind of did their average over 150,000 and then applied it to 200,000 miles. Um, So, you know, that works there. And again, it's not perfect because everyone will kind of see different maintenance costs or repair costs. So, you know, like if you're really hard on your vehicles or if you're a heavy breaker, you have to replace your brake pads a lot more often. Mm -hmm. So again, this is an area where it's not gonna be perfect. It's gonna be how you take care of your car but I had to try to get some type of industry number in here. Mm-hmm. So um, that got me to a per mile cost, and then I just times that by my $200,000, and I got a total cost for all of these cars. So if you drive a car for $200,000 miles out of all eight cars I listed, which one do you think is gonna be the cheapest, Brett? Uh, the Prius? You are correct. Oh, yeah. All right. And which one do you think is going to be good, the most... Good job, Prius. You're living up to the hype. And which one do you think is going to be the most expensive? Um, probably the the Suburban. Actually, the Ford F-150. Okay. So... Because getting that four-wheel drive really pushes them over the top, huh? The four-wheel drive and their gas per... M- their MPGs is lower oh, than, really? than, than the, the suburban? suburban. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. So... I, and again, that's just whatever when I picked, I don't know. I'm sure it matters too. Like I picked mostly V6 engines in my Suburban and my truck. I know a lot of people who get Suburbans or trucks and they like need the V8 or whatever. So that's going to destroy your MPGs too. So, you know, I really tried to like be as generous as possible as I could with these trucks. Um, And it's still just like no contest. Okay. So yeah, the Prius one and the F-150 lost should I do a rundown of kind of? Yeah, I'm, I'm curious out? what the numbers are. Like, what okay. what is my cost per mile for each of these guys? Do you want cost per mile or do you want t- total cost? Well, we can do cost per mile. Okay, yeah. I think that's going to be most relevant. Because I, I think people don't think about what the cost per mile of a vehicle is outside of like gas. Yeah. Even like insurance, I consider like as a separate entity. I either pay that monthly or I pay that annually, and, and that's just its own thing. You know, I really feel strongly about this because. Nothing, I think nothing makes me crazier. Like sometimes we're out with friends and we're talking about like flying somewhere and they're like, oh, why don't you just drive? And like Brett physically has to like pinch my leg so that I don't like go off because like everybody thinks it's cheaper to drive than fly or take the train. But like we used to live in Chicago and this is a really fun example because it was like, what, 300 miles to get back to our hometown, we'll call Mm -hmm. it. And we literally always took the train because the train was like 40 bucks round trip. Mm-hmm. And so many people were like, why don't you just drive? It's cheaper. And I'm like, even for both of us paying 80 bucks round trip, we are coming out so far ahead by not driving because 300 miles round trip, that'd be 600. And then even though we have 
like a Civic, which is like 36 cents per mile, we're looking at like $200 for the privilege of driving our car back to Michigan instead of taking the train. So as long as the train is less than $200, it makes more sense to take the train. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I'm like talking about all of this because nobody thinks about per mile costs. And it's gotten to the point where like Brett and I, when we were living in Michigan, got to the point where we were like, yeah, it's not worth us like driving to the grocery store for one thing right now. It's way better to like wait until we have multiple stops to make because otherwise we're just like adding to the cost of butter this amount of money. And once you start thinking about it that way, you really can start reducing your driving. So. Right. Yeah. Because if, if, if you associate a dollar amount with like the distance that you travel, that is what you have no reason to not make a decision in that case. Right. Right. You're you're fighting against yourself. You say, "I'm going to drive 20 miles. It's going to cost me, you know, whatever, 10 bucks at 50 cents a mile. So, is going to get that thing that's you know 20 miles away worth it? Right? Is it, is it worth less than 10 dollars? Is it worth 10 dollars plus the cup of coffee to go get the cup of coffee and come back? Right. right? So now, yeah, that coffee is now instead of like five dollars. It's $15. Right. And I think that's really powerful when you think about where you live in relation to where you work. Because so many people are like, oh, well, it'd be more expensive, especially here in Orlando. Um, A lot of people are like, oh, it'd be more expensive to live downtown when I can live 10 miles away and, you know, save all this money. But really, they're spending $5 a day just in driving to and from work. So that's, you know, very quickly $25 a week, $100 a month. And then here, like the other thing you have on top of it is tolls. So then you have the tolls in and like, so then you're like, okay, well, if I can get a place that's closer to work for $100, then it's a wash. And then I get the benefit of, I don't have to pay for parking at work because you do have to pay for parking otherwise. And I don't have to worry about tolls or anything like that. And it's like a no brainer, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So that was a huge deviation. We've we've buried the lead here forever. So let's, uh, let's talk what the numbers are. Back on track. Okay. So the Toyota Prius per mile costs 34 cents. The Honda Civic per mile costs 36 cents. Okay, close. Closer close. than I would have expected. The RAV4 costs 39 cents. So if you want a crossover, like a RAV4 is a real, mm-hmm. real it's good a, it's option. It's a little smaller of a vehicle, but it's a, um, I know a lot of people that have it. Yep. So if you want the Tesla Model 3, you're at 43 cents. If you want a Dodge Caravan, you're at 54 cents. If you want a Chevy Suburban, you're at 65 cents. Or for $0.65, cents, you could go with the Tesla Model S, which is pretty <laughs> pretty sweet. Um, and then if you really want that Ford F-150, you're going to be paying $0.71 cents per mile. $0.71. Wow. Okay. So literally yeah. almost double from the Prius, or more than double than more the than Prius. More than double than the Prius. Which yeah. is insane. Um, so naturally, I, did a, I took this one step further, and I said, okay, let's just say you drive 10,000 miles a year. Now, I'm going to put all of this on the website. So after you're done listening to this, if you want to look up a specific car, but for the sake of time, I'm just going to compare the least expensive Prius to the most expensive Ford F-150. Just to kind of conceptualize, like making a car decision can really add up, right? And choosing to drive a Prius instead of a F-150 can literally save you, you know, however much money. So um, let's say you drive 10,000 miles a year. Your annual cost for driving that Prius, and now this is all of your car expenses, is going to be $34.30. Um, and this is, you know, amortizing the purchase price over the entire life of the vehicle. So three, three thousand, basically $3,500. $3,500 per year. Yep. And the, the Ford F-150 would cost you $7,000 a year. Okay, so literally half for the Prius. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. And, and so the same relationship holds if you go to 20,000 miles, but 
if you're driving that much, then it's going to cost you, you know, $7,000 a year for the Prius and $14,000 a year for the Ford F-150. Now, this to me is insane because nobody thinks of it this way. If people did, nobody could afford it, right? Like $14,000 a year just for the like privilege of driving a Ford F-150, mm-hmm. like that's a lot of money. That's more like, that's what we spend on a like rent a year, mm-hmm. right? Like that's, that's a good chunk of change. So um, I just, I feel like if people actually saw that, like if when you went to the pump, instead of paying the, you know, 17 cents per per mile that I'm seeing for the Ford F-150. For gas alone. For gas alone. If they instead like factored in everything that it costs. So instead of like, you know, paying all these separate bills, you saw the dollar amount. And when you filled up your tank, it was like $400 every time you filled up your tank. I really think people would like start thinking more about this. Right. Because you have to get, I mean, it's all the oil changes, all the new tires, like the all the, the belts and uh, filters and everything else that changes in, in the truck. All of those are looked at as itemized expenses. They're one-off things. But when you add those things up over time, it's a ton of money, mm-hmm. right? And all the insurance, right? Insurance. People think of that as a one-off thing, but it's a ton of money, uh, especially for bigger vehicles like that. And and the, yeah, the tires, tires alone on F-150, we're not even calculating. For, oh, yeah, you are. I am, yeah. I put, I put maintenance. Because the maintenance is based on that vehicle's yeah, history. So, yeah, so, I mean, yeah. I think that's the other kind of interesting thing. My maintenance cost, and again, this was from a third-party website that just, like, spit out a number for me. Um but they like it was like a car repair place like it was a it was a legit website but i'm saying i didn't like introduce any type of bias into this the ford f150 maintenance cost per mile was 15 cents the prius per mile was 7 cents mm-hmm. so again double like everything is double everything is twice as expensive because the tires on a prius are half the size of the tires on an f150 and they are half the price so i actually used to drive a ford escape and brett had his honda civic my tires were genuinely twice as expensive as yours. I remember I went and I got four tires and it was $983. I don't know why I remember these things. I just (laughs) do. And then we went and we got Brett's tires and it was $558. So like, I mean, good memory. (laughs) I was so angry about this because I was like, why are my tires so much more expensive? Like I was genuinely annoyed. Mm -hmm. So I remembered it forever and I got rid of that car because of it. Um, (laughs) So but yeah, like this is something that I have experienced personally, and I know that this is true, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so okay, we we talked about how it's you know you genuinely can save half by driving a a Prius. And so so can you can you run down kind of the numbers for the Tesla real quick? Because I know we didn't look through all of that stuff, right? Because I think people are are very curious about that, like the Model Three specifically. Okay, for, yeah. For because that's I mean, there's been a lot of people talking about that, a lot of news coverage around that one. So. Yep. Is that a worthwhile car to buy in the long run versus... Yeah, so so the the Model 3 in the long run is going to cost you 43 cents per mile. Okay. And now some Tesla people are going to come for me and say, well, the Tesla lasts way longer than 200,000 miles. Well, arguably so does the Toyota because I know a lot of people who drive Toyotas a mm-hmm. long time too. I'm ju- I had to go somewhere, guys. Like, I had to do something. I felt like 200,000 miles was a reasonable estimate, okay? Yeah. So that's what I'm sticking with. Um, so, so for that, I have the Tesla 3 clocking in at 43 cents per mile over the life of the vehicle, including the purchase price. And here's kind of how I got there. So registration and insurance is the same as every other car. I didn't do anything for that. Even though I have been hearing that Teslas are considered a luxury vehicle by insurance companies, so you will pay a little bit more for insurance. I I didn't factor that in. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, 
so the purchase price is done, and then gas, obviously Teslas don't take gas, but instead of putting zero here, that wouldn't really be genuine. So what I did instead was I looked up the average price of a kilowatt hour in the U.S. for electricity, and then I said, okay, how many miles can I go on one kilowatt hour? Mm -hmm. And the, the general answer is that a kilowatt hour is about 12 cents on average, and then you can go about three miles on that. So we're looking at about four cents per mile in fuel costs, even right. though the fuel is now electricity instead of gas, right? Okay. Um, and then beyond that, I for maintenance, Teslas actually have a lot lower maintenance than every other um, vehicle because a they don't- A lot less moving parts. Right? Yeah, and they don't have to have oil changes and all of this. But what I was seeing, um, I actually found two people who got Teslas early on and drove them like 300,000 miles and like 200,000 miles respectively. And they kept track of all of their repairs over time. And so I just took their cost and divided it. And they were both actually right, very close at, at about four cents per mile. Okay. So um, that's about, you know, the Prius was at seven cents per mile. Um, and the Prius for gas was also at about four and a half cents per mile. So very, very competitive with the with the Model 3. That's surprising, yeah. For obviously the Prius is not an actually electric vehicle, right? Full electric vehicle. Right. So, uh, and we're only looking at the Tesla. We're not looking at like the Nissan Leaf or like yes. the Chevy Volt or Bolt or Well, whatever. the Chevy's getting rid of theirs, I heard. Well, one of them's getting rid of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but the, the Nissan Leaf, I actually think is arguably still one of the more economical electric vehicles of the time. I know Mr. Money Mustache did a lot of his own research, and that's the car he chose. Um, and I typically, when he researches something, I he does a pretty <laughs> good job. So um, if you are looking into an electric vehicle, there's a lot of them out there, and there's more coming out. So mm -hmm. um, definitely don't feel like you have to get a Tesla. But you know, I, I will say if you are dead set on getting a Tesla, just go with the Model 3. The Model S is, you know, you go from 43 cents per mile for the car to 65 cents per mile for the car. And that's, you know, that 50% increase, right. you can do a lot with that. Right. Because the buy-in price for that vehicle is just enormous, right? Yeah. The Model S. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't even go to the Model X because it gets more ridiculous. We're <laughs> so. the Roadster. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so what I want to talk about now actually is... Um, let's say you drive a car 10,000 miles a year, which means you buy one of these cars new and it's going to last you 20 years. How much do you save over 20 years if you choose to drive a Tesla, or not a Tesla, sorry, sorry the, Toyota. the Toyota for 20 years or the Ford F-150 for 20 years? Um, so do you have a guess here, Brett? Um, I would say it's really high, like over $100,000 high. And if yeah. you're looking at do double the price over 20 years and vehicles are expensive in general to have even the cheaper ones. So I'd say probably the price difference is like $100,000 over that amount of time. You will have $150,000 in the bank. Well, not in the bank, in a mutual fund if you uh, choose to go with the Prius and you save the difference. 150000 over the 20 years. Yep. Wow. So in 20 so years, you could have $150,000 if you choose. So like this is huge, right? Because if you graduate from college and you're like between two vehicles and you go with the Prius instead of the F-150 and then you like are able to save that much money, that means when you're, you know, in your early 40s or mid 40s, you have $150,000. Well, what does that mean? That means that opens up a ton of options for you in life of you know, upgrading your house or your car or whatever, or sending your kids to college, right? I mean, like that's... <laughs> That's an enormous amount of money that you can do a lot with or keeping to roll it forward and retire 
faster or whatever you want to do. So, I mean, that was insane to me. Right. That's not even just not having a car, right? Not having a car would be a different number completely, right? But, um, yeah, so just keeping a car, but keeping the most economical car that you can have. Yeah. And and here's the other thing. And Americans, I'm talking to you because we've traveled all over the world. Well, not all over. There's still some continents that we're trying to go to. We've traveled a lot of places. Nobody drives as ridiculous of vehicles as we do. And in most other countries, if they have to haul stuff, they do get like a minivan or like an, a flatbed or like, you know, something kind of different, but like a more economical choice. It's a lot of those like strider vehicles or yeah. whatever they are. Like the, yeah, the, the, those minivan hybrids that are just like catering vans, basically. Yeah. But it like, it's, our car culture here has really gotten out of hand and ridiculous and it's not affordable. Like, so, because then, you know, the other example I ran is let's assume you drive 20,000 miles a year and then you're spending $14,000 a year on your vehicle costs every single year. Like this isn't like a one time you buy it and you're done. This is like every year your costs, like that's crazy. Average. Yeah, (laughs) but this is crazy. Um, Oh, yeah. So let's talk about that one for a second. So if you drive your car 20,000 miles a year, which I think if the average is 15,000 for Americans, there's still a lot of people driving 20,000 a year, right? Mm -hmm. Um, How much do you think you save over 10 years if you drive the F-150 or if you drive the Prius instead of the F-150? So just half as long as what we were talking about. Just half as long, yeah. But you're looking at, you know, $7,000 a year that you're able to save. So, I mean, it'll be a little bit higher than half of our number, right, I think. Um, so, like 70, it's like 80000 $99,000. Oh, wow. Okay. So, just in just within 10 years. Just within 10 years, you can have $100,000 by driving a Prius instead of an F-150. Like, so here's the other crazy thing to me. Because then, the argument that I always hear is like, well, no, I need a truck because I, I like need to haul things or whatever excuse, right? Which is cool. Like, for genuinely, for some people who are, like, contractors, I get it. Like, there are certain people who fit this mold. But for the average person, how often do you actually move stuff or haul stuff? And could you rent a truck instead for $7,000 a year? So even if you need a truck 10 times and it's going to cost you $100 each time you need it, you're looking at 1000 bucks. You can still save $6,200 a year. Yeah, which is, I mean, it only costs you like $20 to rent that Home Depot truck, I think. Right? Yeah, per hour. Per so hour. Yeah. that's a lot of hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so this one's pretty, again, obviously you can tell I'm pretty passionate about this one because Brett and I, this is what we did. Like we, I was like that crazy person that was like, I got my toe in, I, you know, I dipped my toe into the swimming pool and I was like, I'm going to start biking 25% of the time to work. And Brett was like, okay, go for it. I'm not. Um, <laughs> and then I was like, you know what? I'm, this is, this is fine for me and I'm going to keep doing this and I'm actually going to bike more often. And because I'm biking more often, my car is just sitting in the garage and we can sell it and we can go down to one car because to me, you can go down to one car if either one person doesn't need the car most of the time or both of you are willing to like compromise and for us we were in a unique blend of kind of both I guess where like I was like if I need to bike to work I bike to work and I don't need the car and then Brett was like okay I never need the car because I work from home and so for us it we just got to the point where we're like why do we even have two cars and like I know how much money we've saved since we got rid of that car and it has been a tremendous amount and it's allowed us to save more money and 
like moving to a new city that has less parking, like our apartment only came with one parking spot or we would have had to pay an extra $140 a month just to park a second car at our complex. Right. Which is a lot of money. I mean, that's a lot of savings just from that aspect, not to mention all the other costs of owning a vehicle. Right. And we were able to sell your car without it fully depreciating before we did that, right? So right. we initially ended up getting some money out of that. Obviously, a lot of it had still depreciated for how young it was, right? You had only had it for a couple of years. And, right, basically we lost $10,000 on it over a couple of years. More than that, like, that, like 15. We lost $15,000 yeah. on a car that was less than five years old and had just over 40,000 miles on it. Right. Which is insane. Right. Like just just on the sale price, not including insurance or any, any right. of the other expenses that were part of that vehicle. Yeah. Right. But, you know, I kind of look at it as I prevented myself from losing a lot more money on that car. So at least I got out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, that's why we're really passionate about this. And, you know, I just want to plant the seed. Like, can you go down to one car? It's not for everybody. But, you know, the other option here that I, I want to recommend is like, if there's two of you and you both have you know, a Suburban and a minivan, could you get by with a Suburban and a Prius? Because, like, I know some people with kids, like, you have to have one bigger vehicle. But do you need two bigger vehicles? Like, we actually had some friends who had um, a Honda Pilot and a Honda Accord. And they had two sons. And whoever was transporting the sons around drove the Pilot and the other person drove the Accord. And that way, like, the kids always got to be, you know, in their car with the car seats. Mm -hmm. But... And they actually said that was easier than trying to, like, because the other option is to buy, like, four car seats, and that gets really expensive. Or, or transfer or car transfer, seats, which is a pain. Yeah. Which is a pain in the butt. So, like, there's a lot of creative solutions here, and I just kind of want to pl- plant the seed to all of our listeners. Like, no matter what your situation is, can you just make it a little bit more efficient? Because you can really notice a lot of gains, especially with cars, if you're willing to, like, downsize or, you know, get rid of one completely. Um, but even if you don't want to go that extreme, like you can still pick up a, a ton of money gains as we illustrated, like a hundred thousand dollars worth of money gains just by choosing a slightly less ridiculous vehicle. Right. And again, this was all in the new car model and right. We're not huge advocates of you should buy a new car every time you're going to buy a new car. But we, again, we wanted to empower people to say like, there is a right decision to be made in the scenario where you are buying a new car. Yeah. And I will say like, if you have the means to buy a new car, it's not the worst decision ever if you buy a new car and then you drive it until it dies and your per mile cost is 34 cents a mile. Like, because there's, you know, when you buy a used car, you are going to have some maintenance costs. I have yet to see people really effectively get car costs much below 25 cents per mile regardless of what they buy. So, you know, while I don't usually advocate buying a new car, if you do buy a new car and you make it a Prius, like, you're also not doing that bad. But, you know... The Honda Civic's looking pretty good, too. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, it's only two cents different, so... uh, We're not getting rid of ours. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, I think that's all I have to say before I just keep ranting. So, you know, if you have any questions or if you think I did my math wrong and you want to fact-check me, I'm open to it, so feel free to drop me an email. I will drop in all of my contact information. Cool. Thanks, guys. 
Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Money in the Bank. Make sure to subscribe to us on the iTunes or Stitcher app so that you get weekly alerts every time we post a podcast. Or if you want, you can visit my website, moneyinthebankpodcast.com. And if you want to reach out with any questions or further comments, please email me at angie at moneyinthebankpodcast.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Money in the Bank.